Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Greater Good Radio. I'm Bob Kosh, and we're broadcasting from WOR, 710 AM in New York City. We are the voice of New York. Hope everybody had a good week, and I would like to invite you to visit the website, greatergoodmediallc.com. Got a bunch of stuff going on there. As you know, we've got the new series coming out and our new radio show, which I'll get into in a minute. Last week, we passed the 80-year anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. I hope that many of you remembered to at least think about the soldiers and sailors who were killed with, with many of them still interred in that Hawaiian port while serving on the battleship Arizona. It was radio that brought the news to the mainland on December 7, 1941. Wireless radio was state-of-the-art communication which brought media to a whole new level by allowing an audience to listen at events as they unfolded in real time. That leads me to my next commentary. It's just an absolute pleasure to be a part of the 100th anniversary of WOR here in New York City. The past decades have brought about the advent of the digital world like the internet, texting, emails, and other significant advances in immediate communication. The stars of the day a hundred years ago were Marconi, Tesla, and Edison. In the forefront today, there's Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, and people like Jeff Bezos. Platforms like MySpace and Facebook are now in the running with Twitter and Instagram. I think it's a good time to revisit how we acquired news, or at least entertained ourselves all those years ago, to see where we're headed. Just a couple of weeks ago, we covered communication as a topic on this show. Well, can you imagine what it was like to hear sounds coming out of a box, or better yet, a piece of furniture? Families huddled around your RCA radio. It truly was the first entertainment center ever devised. When you consider what it meant to have a radio back in the day, it came with prestige. Today, we don't even consider the convenience we have at home or the luxury to listen or communicate with others, whether it's at work or on your way to the gym. Communication. We've gone from smoke signals to villages communicating by the beat of a drum, whistles, bells. Prior to radio, the biggest advance in communication was Gutenberg and his printing press. A single printing press could produce up to 3,600 pages per workday. To put that in perspective, hand printing produced about 
don't know, 40 pages per workday. The Gutenberg Press was a machine that enabled text and images to be transferred to paper or other media by means of ink. Today, all this takes a historic twist. Don't let anyone ever tell you that history doesn't matter or repeat itself. WOR was created 100 years ago this coming February, and it's important to revisit what and why this occurred and where we're going to travel in the years to come. Bamberger's department store created WOR in an effort to sell more radios. Does anyone remember the 90s? Apple invented iTunes. Why? so they could sell iPods. The irony here is that Steve Jobs most likely never knew the Bamberger story. They just went with logic and creativity. This finally gave us an advantage back in the day. The distinction here was we were able to broadcast and alert folks about an impending storm or detail election results. You had news coming out from the White House. People were waiting to hear what FDR would tell them on a weekend. To further a little bit more of Bamberger's history, the store applied for a license which was granted on February 20th, 1922 with the randomly assigned call sign of WOR. The station's original city of license was Newark, New Jersey. The station made its debut on that date from a studio located on the upper floor of the store. A 250-watt DeForest transmitter was constructed on the roof of the department store. The station's first broadcast was made with a homemade microphone constructed by attaching a megaphone to a telephone mouthpiece and played Al Jolson's April Showers. It was the first record ever played on WOR. Three other broadcasting stations were already on the air in the region, transmitting at 360 meters. Stations which evolved in that time period were restricted to a number of hours during the day available by federal regulation, which now, you know where that went, 24 hours, we've got it all. WOR was the dominant station at that time. Today, Greater Good Media LLC and the iHeart Media Group is bringing back the thrilling days of yesteryear with a new show premiering Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. called Sunday Supper with Vito. This is the prelude to the first comedy cooking show of its kind. Sound effects, comedy, and the thoughts of some delicious food rambling around in our heads. Like I said, theater of the mind. The show will feature dishes from around the world in a comical forum. But wait, there's more. Immediately after the show airs every Sunday on WOR, it will be made available on the iHeartRadio app. The video component of the program called Counterintelligence will premiere on the combined websites. This show has nothing to do with spying. It's all about what you can do on the kitchen counter. So the dish we discuss on Sunday Supper with Vito will be assembled for all of you folks to see and hopefully create in your own home. That all happens this January 2nd, 2022. Come on, everybody. Let's have a bite to eat and have some laughs.
Communication is a vital part of our daily lives. Your ability to interact in a conversation depends greatly on what you hear. None of us want to miss out on those touching words from our grandkids or an I love you from someone we cherish. If you are experiencing hearing loss, the professionals at Audio Help Hearing Centers can provide comprehensive hearing health care so you can enjoy a better quality of life. The staff at Audio Help Hearing Centers know how important it is to hear, but moreover, the difference it makes when you can really listen. Schedule an appointment today by calling 888-832-9966 or by visiting our website at www.audiohelphearing.com. Offices are conveniently located in Manhattan, White Plains, and Stamford, Connecticut. You're listening to Greater Good Radio with Bob Kosh on WOR 710 AM, the voice of New York. Folks, I would like to introduce you to shoplocalway.com. Have you ever thought about that butcher in Passaic for that steak that you want? And what about the cheese in Montclair? And you know you've got to have that pumpernickel raisin bread from Manhattan. There's only one delivery service that can provide you with everything I just spoke about. It's shoplocalway.com. Shop Local is the doorstep delivery service of high quality products from local businesses. They bring you the marketplace with exquisite local stores you will not find on any other platforms. Simply choose your favorites from local stores along with the delivery or pickup option and enjoy your time while the order is on its way. ShopLocalWay.com supports local business. It's the shops that you can't get from anywhere else. Remember, there's only one way to shop. ShopLocalWay.com Call Shop Local at 833-463-4466 or visit the website at www.shoplocalway.com. Some of you folks may remember Lisa Moser. Lisa is a teacher. She is a journalist, a broadcast personality, and she's finally gotten around to writing a, what she's calling a, um, a workbook. It's not just a book itself. It's called Peer Support. Lisa has been involved in the teaching arena for years. She has recognized problems, issues, the things that really affect teachers. And I think it's just critically important to listen to what Lisa has to say, because these are the folks that are shaping the minds of our children. Lisa, it is always great to have you back on the show. How are you? Thank you. Good to see you, Bob. It's always good to see you. I, You have had so much on your plate. You and I have been talking over the past couple of months, but I'm I'm completely enamored with what you're doing. Um, 
with this latest project, your workbook. And I'd love for you to share what this is, what it means, and when is it coming out? Peer support. Uh, it will be available um, probably the week of Christmas. <laughs> okay. So I just recently uh, received about uh, five issues to go through the final version mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully get some positive book reviews for this workbook. But it is a workbook that is for the individual to use as a tool to stop self-neglect. Okay. And what I mean by that is, and many of us do this, we take care of the house, we take care of the car, we take mm -hmm. care of the kids, we take care of the spouse. Mm -hmm. What are the routines that you have in place to take care of yourself? And I think that teachers are very, very much uh, a victim when it comes to self-neglect. Well, I, I hear all of that, and I agree, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, but I want to have you remind our audience who you are, what your background is, especially as it uh, connects with teaching and education, and, and the big question here is, why did you feel compelled to get this out there? Bob, as you know, I was a classroom teacher for nearly 18 years, a middle school science teacher. I also taught high school, ninth grade, and I've also uh, been in elementary classrooms as an outreach teacher. And let me say that I had some trying years. I had a year, one year, I had 120 students, five periods. I can't even remember how many students had IEPs. And so you know that the differentiation and in instruction was an impossible task, but mm -hmm. uh, we, we do our best to reach the impossible. Mm -hmm. And it, it got to be such a challenging year that I don't think I was ever not teaching or not mm -hmm. preparing to teach. It took over my weekends. It took over my afternoons at home. And this is something that is very typical for many teachers, I'm not saying all teachers, but it's very typical to have a few years of a very challenging uh, work schedule. And when that happens, uh, you know, we hope that we can operate at 100% and give it our best and keep up that high performance expectation uh, that we usually have of ourselves. But to be honest, um, when, when you have such a challenge uh, in your work schedule, you get neglected most, more times uh, than most. You're the one that's going to be neglected. You're the one that's not going to have your exercise uh, routine. You're the one that's not going to be eating properly. You're the one that's not going to have time to just uh, self-improve uh, uh, your rest or your spirituality or you know, your talents and your gifts. So mm -hmm. how do you balance that? Well, believe it or not, uh, most of the time you cannot operate at 100%. So what's wrong with giving it 80%? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with giving it 75%? Mm -hmm. It would be better for you long-term, better for the students long-term if a teacher, uh, instead of giving everything 100% and reaching that high bar, which can burn you out, mm -hmm. lower that bar. It's okay to be, if it's a challenging year, it's okay to only give 75%. 75% is good, especially if you take that other 25% leeway 
and take care of yourself. Well, you just you just smacked it right in the forehead because what I'm hearing, and now I've known you for for uh, a a real good time now, and the communication that we've had has been meaningful, and you know we've gotten to know each other, but what you're saying and what I'm understanding that even though that 75% is something that still has purpose and it has value, the other compensating balance that other 25% is so integral into, and once again, you're at a hundred percent, but you're just at varying levels of it and this you're balancing is, yourself right right you and, to. and you're how balancing is your energy and your purpose and your profession and you have to sure. this is going to be a resolution for those teachers who are thinking about oh i can't make it oh i'm, I'm gonna quit i've only been teaching for two years but i'm gonna quit i'm gonna leave my profession i've been yeah working towards this profession for four or five years, you get out of school, you have your certification, you're vetted, you land the job that you think is going to be uh, an open door for your pedagogy career, and then you're burnt out in a couple of years and you want to leave. Teacher retention is something that is a huge problem, not just for inner cities, Mm -hmm. because Teaching uh, as we know it today, large classrooms, lots of differentiation. And when I say differentiation in teaching, it's not just your one subject. A lot of times you have to have so many hats. You're the counselor, you're the uh, parent, uh, you know, liaison. You are the the counselor for, you know, homeschool or the uh, outreach program. You're wearing so many hats. And it wasn't always like that, but it is like that now. And not just in a few states, but pretty much all across the country, teachers have some of the same challenges. Mm -hmm. And you are excellent when you've gone through a program and you've gotten your uh, certification and you are hired by a district. You are an excellent teacher. If that didn't happen, if those things weren't accomplished, uh, you wouldn't be where you are. So when I say, you know, ease up on what you're trying to achieve 100% all day, crossing all your I's, dotting all your I's rather, and crossing all of your T's, it's not because I want you to be mediocre, it's because I want you to not burn out in two years. You know, I'm not saying that you can't change careers if you're in a, not a situation that's not healthy for you, but wouldn't it be better for everybody, for your own career and for the students, instead of only giving it two years, you gave it five years. Sure. Well, that's, that's such a critical point because I was just going to ask you where either in the workbook or in your head, did you come to that point once again, in a matter of time, was it two years? Was it five years? Was it something that finally, at the end of six years, you said, holy crap, I just can't do, you know, I can't fit eight ounces of water in a seven ounce glass. And that's what I'm trying to do. Thank you. Yes, that you're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I taught for 18 years and I had the opportunity to work with young teachers. I did some mentoring of some wonderful, talented uh, teachers that 
said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this next year. No, I'm, I'm only going to be here this year or two years or three years even. And it was really sad for me because um, our students need good teachers. We need talented yeah. teachers. Yeah. We don't need someone that's just in it for a paycheck. Right. And we run off uh, good teachers because they are meticulous. They do want to reach and do the most effective lesson planning, the most effective instruction, the most effective projects for student learning. They want that high outcome. Mm -hmm. But the way that we have demanded a teacher's time, um, it is a recipe for burnout. It really is a recipe for burnout. And so what I've tried to do uh, with my uh, peer support uh, warm line, as you know, I run a nonprofit, the Upwind mm -hmm. Project, and every Tuesday at seven o'clock, I'm online and any teacher anywhere, not just in North Carolina or Georgia, where I typically am, uh, you can call in, you can log in to the teacher mm -hmm. peer support uh, group. You can go to my website, lisamoser.com, and there's a link there for teacher peer support. And we talk about the challenges, but we always bring it back to what you can control because if your brain health is better, your physical health is better, you're going to be able to maneuver and balance your life a lot better than with self-neglect. Yeah. So we do, we let, we let teachers vent, but we bring it in, you know, have you been exercising? Are you eating properly? Are you getting enough rest? Right. How can you put more rest into your schedule? Um, do you have some good relationships? Are you able to meditate or are you going to your house of faith on Sunday or, or Saturday or what have you? Mm -hmm. And so once teachers realize that, hey, I am self-neglecting and you can put back some of those practices, purposely put back some of those self-care practices and stop all that self-neglect. Mm -hmm. just giving that little 75% towards the job, yeah. that's going to help you not to burn out. Yeah. yeah. Now I can, I think what you're doing and the way you're presenting it, once again, I really can't wait to get my hands on the finished product here because everything that I'm hearing from you over, you know, over this past year is, is once again, I said it before, but it's got real value. And you hit it on the head uh, 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 in so many ways, because if in fact that, yeah, that teacher goes home, you know, it's just like anybody else in a high stress job. But the amount of caring that goes into your profession, I don't think there's any except maybe for a firefighter um, or, or, or a, uh, uh, an EMT, uh, you know, a emergency room nurse, somebody, you know, there's there's. Not that many professions that really balance caring in the line of work. And this is what I have gotten from you every time we've even had a conversation. Because yeah. so, it's not just you that in a one-time interaction with a client or a patient, these are our students. This is our future. Yeah. We have to keep the teaching profession a strong occupation yeah. if yeah. we don't do that. Now, 
Public school is, you know, a lot different from private school, but mm -hmm. still teachers all across the board are having some of the same challenges. And we have to keep the teaching profession a strong occupation. If we don't, we're doing all ourselves and the future of our society such a disservice. Yeah. And, and it's very important that uh, everyone understand that uh, teachers are professionals, Mm -hmm. uh, they deserve our respect. Yeah. Uh, you, are, you are going to need to appreciate a child's education. And in order to appreciate a child's education, you have to respect that teacher. Yes. When I uh, go through the peer support uh, support line, it's a warm line. It's not a hot line. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you've got a lot of uh, overwhelming uh, 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 events or circumstances coming at you, we do recommend that you do call the hotline or uh, your family physician. But as a warm line, what we want to do is collaborate, collaborate, come together and change some of your routines so that you prevent yourself from doing too much neglect. And you, you'll be surprised. And we just focus on those four key elements, making sure that you're eating properly. Mm -hmm. Do not go and get that donut in the teacher's lounge. Okay? <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> yep. Get that coffee. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a stressful situation, all the more reason that your body needs to be a lean physical working machine. And that brain health is so key. Yeah. So you need to be sipping on water through the day. Yes, you're going to have to run and get a partner so that you can leave your classroom and go to the restroom because not drinking water just to not go to the restroom is not healthy for you. And that is a very common neglect pattern. Many teachers complain about that. You need, if you're a teacher, you need to be sipping on water, not coffee. Mm -hmm. And you need to make sure that somehow you can get to the restroom. Yeah. So we talk about that. Eating healthy, making sure you're getting enough greens and vegetables and fresh fruits. Mm -hmm. Stay away from that donut and stay away from that cake. Yeah. And then so if you're eating properly, then you'll, you're going to have the energy to work out. Get mm -hmm. that walk in. Get that cycling in. Go yeah. get that swimming in. Do that two, three times a week. Four is greater but if, at least two or three times a week. So you need to make sure that you're eating health, healthy foods. You need to make sure you're exercising. Are you sleeping enough? Yeah. If you're only sleeping two and three hours, no wonder oh. you want that cup of coffee, yeah. right? Yeah. Making sure, address what it is that, why is it that you're not sleeping? Do you need to go to bed earlier? Is it mm -hmm. too, uh, too much light or too much um, stimulants going on in the household? Make sure that you put that sleep a priority. Sleep is everything. Your rest. Yeah. You know, well, you can't function without that. Lisa, this and is completely your wheelhouse. There's no question. <laughs> I, I need you to tell our audience what the name of the workbook is and oh, yeah. when and where they're going <laughs> to be able to get it. See, you know, you're you've always been on fire and that's why i mean this is you know well, i let want me just, let me just add because i went through the three things eating healthy getting your exercise making sure you have some sleep social and spirituality meditating making sure that you're engaged with family members friends your mm -hmm. faith 
Uh, that's so important because we're social beings. We're not supposed oh, to be isolated grading papers on Sunday afternoon, okay? Mm -hmm. um, the workbook is going to be available probably the week of Christmas. And you can go to my website and uh, it's lisamoser.com and just look on where it says book. And that's probably where uh, the link will be. It's also where you can click on teacher peer support and join us for the teacher warm line on Tuesdays at seven o'clock. Uh, that's Eastern time. Great. Lisa, it's always, always, always a pleasure to have you on. And you, I Bob. just think what you're doing is great. And thanks for being with us. Thank you, Bob. Today, the news reminds us about the supply chain problems we now face due to the pandemic. Well, before it all hit the fan, one company realized the importance of how the supply chain keeps everything we count on running smoothly and increases your company's profitability. Strauss Consulting has been guiding companies for close to four decades with the tools needed to maintain your company's efficiency and productivity. It's all about the bottom line. Contact Strauss Consulting at www.scg4u.com or you can call them at 201-337-7108 or email them at info at scg4u.com. With Bob Kosh on WOR 710 AM, the voice of New York. Life is full of peaks and valleys. And between the two, some of those things may have created financial setbacks. You do not have to suffer the anxiety of how to get out of a situation you didn't plan. You don't have to go it alone. The law offices of Edward Hanratty specializes in debt relief, bankruptcy protection, challenging student loans, and mortgage modifications. The law provides us with certain protection, and it's something you should take advantage of when you need it. Call 732-866-6655 or visit their website at www.centralnewjerseybankruptcylawyer.com. Experience and confidence is what the law offices of Edward Hanratty has been providing since 1997. Representation you can trust. Call them today or visit our offices at 80 Court Street, Freehold, New Jersey. As you just heard coming out of that commercial, Ed Hanratty is an attorney in Freehold, New Jersey, and a contributor to our show. He is a fine, fine lawyer. It's always good to have Ed back because we really all have to think. We have got the holidays coming up. You know you want to try to, you know, get your loved ones, friends, you know, a little something for Christmas, and those numbers add up. And I wanted to have Ed on to discuss, you know, a little maybe type of prevention or what could happen if spending gets a little, uh, little out of control. Ed, it's great to have you back on the show. Okay, how are you? Good, good. I wanted to have you on. We are just a matter of weeks away from Christmas. And, you know, going back through the years... You kind of 
always find some additional funds to buy that certain someone a present or to do a little something, yet you might have a student loan, you might have other debt. I wanted to hear from you if there was any kind of a guiding hand, you know, to to let uh, people know what they should be looking at if they're spending money. Well, I mean, the obvious answer is look at how much you're spending versus how much comes in. Mm -hmm. But the other answer is on the other side of the equation, how the money is spent, meaning spending money on credit cards, taking out personal loans, or even using a home equity line, you know, to finance what would be a gift or what I would call a temporary purchase, something that's not going to last. Okay. And what I've seen a lot of is you may remember because I remember from my younger days is the old layaway plans. Yeah. Walmart has one, Target has them, they're everywhere. Those were actually how people bought things before credit cards. Credit cards were not a big deal in the 1970s, the 1960s. Mm-hmm. You would put things on layaway. You would pay money in from your weekly check. Yeah. So I recommend people use layaway wherever possible. If they're going to make a large purchase, the store is happy to do it because they know they're going to make the sale. The buyer is happy to do it. It's interest-free. Mm-hmm. They're all no-fee layaways. And you save yourself a headache in January. Mm-hmm. And you know what you just mentioned, number one is some very sage advice, but also the impact. I want to ask you, because I know there are people that have gone ahead and really maxed out their credit cards, whether it's on Christmas gifts or whatever, and then they intentionally file bankruptcy. Now, from what I understand, I'm not the lawyer. That's uh, that, that That could be a bit of a problem, no? It's a bit of a problem in that one thing you have to understand about the federal prison system Mm -hmm. is there's no parole, meaning you don't get any time credit. Mm -hmm. And a bankruptcy fraud carries a mandatory five-year federal prison sentence. So there's two levels Mm -hmm. of bankruptcy issues. Bankruptcy fraud in a criminal context usually is made up of somebody hiding assets, Mm -hmm. meaning you own a collector Corvette worth $100,000 and you file for bankruptcy, but you don't tell anyone you own this Corvette. Mm -hmm. The other issue that you see a lot of is bad faith filings, which won't get you a criminal sentence, but it'll get you thrown out of bankruptcy court and get you barred from refiling a bankruptcy at some later date. That happens a lot with folks just in the example you just described. You'll charge up a lot of credit cards, take out a lot of credit in day one, and day 30, you'll file for bankruptcy saying, I can't pay any of this. That will cause you to be barred from any future filing. And also in the bankruptcy code, there's some protection for creditors, meaning the people you're borrowing money from, where if you charge a debt within a certain period of filing your bankruptcy, two weeks, 30 days, 90 days, mm-hmm. it's presumed that that debt won't be discharged. You got to pay it anyway. Right, right. And now also, because there is a distinction between a wage earners plan and a total insolvency, uh, I would love to talk to you about what the 
you know, I'm going to say benefits of chapter 13 protection is versus, you know, just throwing in the towel. If, if unfortunately, sometimes it calls for that. But, you know, I would like to hear um, a bit more about that. Well, bankruptcy is a tool. If you remember in the old days when you would go to a trade school, they would say, come to school for nine months and you'll walk mm -hmm. out of here with these tools. Right. So bank bankruptcy is a tool in the box. Inside the bankruptcy box are more finely tuned tools. Mm -hmm. Chapter 7, Chapter 13, Chapter 11. Right. So at Chapter 7, you call it a liquidation, but that's more in theory than in practice. Mm -hmm. What I mean is it doesn't mean you're necessarily giving up your house, your car, or anything. Right. It depends how your debt is structured showing up, what tool you're going to use. Okay. Chapter 13 has some benefits where if you're behind on a mortgage, you can force the mortgage company to accept a repayment plan. Mm -hmm. And the terms of the plan are laid out in the law, so no one's surprised. And that's the fairness element there. Okay. So a person could come in to an attorney and say, I need to file for bankruptcy. This is my income. This is what I owe this is what I want to hold on to. Right. And the bankruptcy attorney would be able to tell them, this is the tool I think will work for you mm -hmm. if you want to get to point X. But if you want to get to point Y, mm -hmm. use a different tool. Okay. So it's not necessarily a one size fits all. Just like everybody's life is different. Yeah. Everybody's case is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So when they feel themselves getting into trouble, the first instinct is, I want to get out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Don't go with that. Go with gotcha. your second instinct. Where do I want to be when the trouble's over? Gotcha. And and I want to ask also, because it it it, it kind of uh, dovetails into my original questions with respect to prevention and, and what have you. Because in a chapter 13... Uh, or any any form of bankruptcy that you just mentioned, is there a layered review? Like, let's say Sally charges you know ten thousand dollars on her credit cards, and then files a, either a thirteen, eleven, uh, or a seven. Is there a layer of review where that individual would be penalized for, let's say, being uh, irresponsible? It depends on what it was for, because remember irresponsible isn't really in the bankruptcy vocabulary. Okay. The question is, was the debt reasonable and necessary? If she charged $10,000 on a credit card because the hospital wouldn't treat her mm -hmm. without that deposit, right. that's not irresponsible. Sure. That's not unreasonable. If she charged $10,000 on a credit card to buy a necklace, mm -hmm. That might be unreasonable because it's not reasonably necessary for her maintenance, meaning survival. Mm -hmm. So everything gets poured through the colander of that debtor's situation. Suppose she had to pay $10,000 for a car repair. Let's take mm -hmm. it away from the hospital. And that car is what gets her to and from work. Mm -hmm. That work pays her wages, which pays her rent, pays her car bill and everything else. That's a reasonable and necessary expense. Gotcha. There might be an argument. A judge might have to make that decision, but that gives you an idea of the spectrum that you're okay. operating in. Okay. Now, also, because I know you are an expert in student loan debt forgiveness, I wanted to touch on, you know, kind of the same um, 
question where let's say you're trying to get some student loan uh, either, you know, reduced or, or actually thrown out. Is there, is there something that um, if, 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 if the government is considering relieving you of certain debt, it, would it have an impact once again on your, 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 your spending uh, in, in real time? It would, because speaking specifically about government loans, mm-hmm. not NJ class, not Pennsylvania higher education, federal government loans. Mm-hmm. There's four or five or six different income-based repayment plans now Mm -hmm. that work very similar to bankruptcy. They're not bankruptcy, but the calculation is the same in that the government takes into account the reasonable and necessary expenses for you to live and your dependents. Then they determine a percentage of your monthly income that should be paid towards the loans Mm -hmm. for a given period of time, and they're not short periods. They're 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Then the loan's forgiven. The other pile are what I call the private student loans, which are signature loans from a Navient, a PNC, New Jersey Higher Education. Those loans, they generally aren't able or willing to work with you because they brought in money from private investors and they have an obligation on the other side of the door to pay these investors a certain return. Okay. The issue I've been seeing most recently with these private loans is they're filing suit to sue somebody who owes the money after the statute of limitations. What that means is the law says you can't lay in the highway and wait for the car to hit you. You have a set amount of time to come to court and say, hey, these folks owe me some money. If you don't show up in time, forget about it. Okay. Okay. In the last few months, I've seen a rash of private student loans filing lawsuits, you know, in the local courts. Mm -hmm asserting a right to payment outside of the time in which they have that right. Now, the peculiarity of this area of the law is the statute of limitations or that time limit is only a defense if the person owing the money shows up in court and tells the judge they're too late. It's called an affirmative defense. You have to affirmatively show up and push back. If you don't push back, they'll get a judgment against you and that judgment is good essentially forever and they'll collect they'll garnish wages and they'll seek to collect it and if you go back later and say wait a minute they were too late the judge will say you should have done it way back when yeah when they originally filed their paperwork with me yep, yep. so that's an issue that's the yin and yang of the private student loans they can't work with you right. but their position is weaker when it comes to court gotcha Ed, uh, I, I thank you once again for being on the program. You, you always really bring up some some terrific content for people to consider. And I want to wish you and your family uh, just a, a great holiday season. Oh, thank you, Bob. You too. And to all your listeners. 
Thanks. Looking for that special place to kick back and have a great evening? Visit the Long Branch Distillery, featuring everything from mixology classes, event space, and tours. The Long Branch Distillery is a cut above those other venues offering the same old thing. They've always got something that will surprise your taste buds to sip or savor. Long Branch Distillery prides themselves in the crafting of their distilled spirits using the latest technology in the distilling world. You'll get consistency and quality when enjoying their Big Door Vodka, Gin, Bourbon, or Rye Whiskey. Plus, the entertainment is unsurpassed, featuring local jazz artists, stand-up comedy, and other musical acts. Come join us Thursdays through Sunday at the Long Branch Distillery, located at 199 Westwood Ave, Long Branch, New Jersey. Visit their website at lbdistillery.com or call them at 732-759-8321. Yo, with Bob Kosh on WOR 710 AM, the voice of New York. We all think about our loved ones who have passed at one point or another. We all contemplate what's on the other side. Psychic medium Denise Marie can offer guidance for those who seek answers to that question. The spirit of our loved ones surrounds us every day. Let Denise Marie help you find that connection. Contact Denise Marie for a reading today. Call her at 201-448-0479 or visit halo-readings.com. We're going to talk quite a bit about our economic woes. We're going to talk mainly about the real estate market. Did you know that you can purchase a tax lien on a piece of property and actually own that property for much, much less than its market value? A lot of people still don't know that. This is probably the most opportune time for an investor, for anyone, to purchase a tax lien and own their home for pennies on a dollar. We're very fortunate to have Steve Rosen, an attorney who is licensed in the state of New Jersey, who has some relative expertise in tax liens and bankruptcy on the phone with us. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi. How are you doing, Bob? Good. Steve, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been in practice 27 years. I specialize in bankruptcy taxes, including real property taxes and the like. And this is what I've been doing since I've opened my practice. I had a piece of property that was being sold very, very cheaply in North Bergen, New Jersey. When I got the property, I found that there was a tax lien on it. And looking at the outstanding taxes, the final number I had to pay was spectacular. So I had to pay a huge amount of money uh, to get this property cleared for my own investment. And uh, I became interested in tax lien certificates at that point in time. And that was over 20 years ago. You were able to actually get the property for less than what its market value was at that time? I got the property significantly less than market value. Steve, what is a tax lien? Tax lien is a government indebtedness owed by the property holder to the government for non-payment of taxes. The state or city has the right to collect that indebtedness by means of a tax lien or foreclosure. Now, this is a what they call in uh, legal terms a priority lien. Is that correct? Well, not only is it a priority lien, it's one of the highest priority liens. If there is a mortgage or any judgment against the property, it literally supersedes them. If you get a tax lien certificate and you foreclose 
properly with that certificate, you will not have those outstanding mortgages or outstanding judgments, including an internal revenue service non-payment of tax. So a tax lien investor, Steve, could end up with property for much, much less than its actual market value. Its actual value or market value. That's why they're so popular. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what a tax lien yields as far as the way of interest. State of New Jersey mandates that maximum interest will be paid by the property owner of 18% plus attorney fees and costs. That means the person who has the, is the lien against will pay that amount. When a tax sale certificate buyer goes in an auction, he can buy it at that rate. So if a person buys a tax lien for $10,000 and collects it at the end of the year from the property owner, they'd actually pick up $1,800 in interest? $1,800 in interest plus attorney's fees and any costs that the certificate holder had to lay out, reasonable costs, had to lay out in order to process and collect on the certificate, yes. Wow, what are banks paying today? Is it 2%, 3%? I can't even think. Well, let me ask you. You might be nuts to keep your money in a bank today because you don't know if it's going to be there tomorrow, but hopefully the <laughs> FDIC will, will make sure that that doesn't happen. But no bank is paying more than 4 4.5% for a long-term CD. Steve, there are companies willing to take installment payments on tax liens. What do you think of that idea? It's a great idea because it's a win-win situation for both parties. So this would be a good idea for a third-party investor to get it who maybe doesn't have a lot of cash? Absolutely. You don't really have to own the property. You have the right to own the property, and no one else will supersede that right. It's an excellent investment. And anyone can purchase a tax lien, is that correct? Anybody can come in with the money and bid on it and get it, yes. Thanks for being on Total Access Live Radio. Side Street Home Ventures is offering to the public installment payments on tax sale certificates where you can make a couple hundred dollar a month payment and actually end up owning your own home. This is not a Carlton Sheets course where you're going to buy a book and you have hopes and dreams. Side Street Home Ventures actually owns the inventory. They have over 608 tax liens available now. The majority of these liens are on distressed properties. Side Street Home Ventures LLC will do the financing for you. There's no brokers, there's no banks involved. They own the inventory so they can take monthly payments directly from you. This is really nothing more than the old building and loan mentality from years ago. Building and loan associations were very much like a savings and loan association. They would loan money on properties to build them, to improve them, and that's basically the concept here. Side Street Home Ventures LLC will afford you the opportunity to own your own home for pennies on a dollar. You wonder why Fannie Mae is in so much trouble? The government's intention was actually very good. They want everybody to own their own home. One of their programs where you'd put 3% down as a down payment and the government would finance the rest, you know, that works to a degree. Years ago, they would want 20% down, 30% down. The problem with that is that a young couple finally scrambles and gets enough money to make a down payment, that 3%. They buy their house, and now what could happen? There's all kinds of variables. The husband loses a job, the wife gets sick, and now you can't make the monthly payment. You don't have anything in the bank or any kind of savings to make up for that. It goes into foreclosure. This is almost the reverse of that. By taking monthly payments on a tax lien and allowing the opportunity to come directly to you to own your own home, you've still got your money. 
There's never been more opportunity in the real estate market than there is today. How can you make money in a contracting economy? Side Street Home Ventures is going to show you how you can do that. Find out how all this works by calling us at 646-712-0978 or go to TotalAccessLive.com for more information on this very unique opportunity. The American spirit, its ingenuity, desire, pride, and the chance to achieve your dreams. Have you ever given any real thought about where we would be without the American farmer? Have you ever really asked yourself that question at the dinner table while you're eating with your family? Ben Moore had a vision when he started The Ugly Company. After Ben served as an infantryman in the United States Army, he returned to farming and decided to do something about the waste of perfectly good fruit deemed unmarketable due to nothing more than a blemish or its shape. Thousands of truckloads of fruit are thrown out in California every year. The Ugly Company has taken a giant step in addressing food insecurity. The Ugly Company prevents food waste by upcycling fruit and transforming it into healthy, dried fruit snacks. When you order from The Ugly Company, you're getting the best that this Kingsburg, California farming company has to offer. You know, ugly never looks so pretty. Go to www.theugly.company to order online for home delivery and learn more about these healthy, delicious products. Before we close today's show, I would like to give a shout-out to Agnes Arakelian. Uh, Agnes is a fan of the show. Uh, she listens every week, and I, I run into Agnes quite a bit at the uh, Oceanside Laundromat in Ocean Beach, New Jersey, and I just wanted to say hello. Uh, there's a lot coming up in the weeks to come, and Agnes, uh, I get to share a lot of what we're anticipating, a lot of what we're doing, while we're uh, watching the old spin cycle. So, everybody, I really, really hope you have a great week. Um, I would like to give a shout-out again to uh, John, V1, Mahente, Black Just, and the rest of everybody who shares their time to listen to this program. I appreciate you, and we're going to have a lot of good stuff coming up very, very soon. So stay with us, and have a great week. We'll see you next week on Greater Good Radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.